All right, all right, all right. Happy, happy to be here live with you once again. Now it's official, it's official, it's official that the Collective Genius Code has been launched. My podcast finally has been launched and in order to make it a, a beautiful launch, in order to make sure that it, it develops into a brand, it develops into a, a powerful channel where so many people can be introduced to who I believe are the most outstanding people in the world that have come through my path in life. I wanted to start with someone who I believe is the queen of branding, is someone who I had the absolute pleasure to meet through the APSS Professional Speakers Association in a couple of years ago when uh, I started my career in Singapore, an absolutely incredible woman and her warm husband welcomed me into their home. I didn't know in the beginning how important she was within the speaker association, not just in Singapore, but globally. But very, very quickly, after getting the ins and outs of what Singapore business is like and the speaker industry is like, I was really, really charmed by this incredible family that I understood have been all over the world in over 50 countries. Brenda and her husband have been able to give to the world this beautiful gift of, of branding, personal branding, business branding, working with some of the biggest corporations in the world. I understand over 100 companies like the Procter & Gamble and like the Bristol Myers and a lot more of some of the biggest brands in the world. I'm personally very excited to have uh, uh, you know, a, a leader, a woman who is this year and the global gurus on the top 30 branding experts in the world and someone who's made a difference to us. I've managed to check out a couple of your books. I know you've, uh, it's eight or maybe even 10 books that you have out there. And for me, it's an absolute pleasure that we get to have someone like yourself giving back to the community, not of big corporations who can afford your time, because I know how valuable your time is, but entrepreneurs like us who need your input. We need to understand how to think big, but to act locally. So thank you so, so much for joining us today and for being able to shed some light on our crazy moving world right now. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for inviting me. I heard all of that. So that's a good news. <laughs> Good, good. Well, I sometimes Bali has its pros and cons. Beautiful nature and views, Wi-Fi not always personally. People in Bali are connected to something like the universe, but they're not always connected to the internet. It's a different energy, not the Wi-Fi yeah. energy. Yes, I get that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Brenda, first of all, thank you so much for joining. Really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I want to just really jump right in and, and ask mm -hmm. you, in, in the last few months especially, have you seen that brand strategies from companies out there has changed dramatically or are companies not taking fast enough action? I would say it's more the latter than the former. And I'll tell you what, I don't blame companies. They don't know what to do. What do you do when nobody knows what to do? That's exactly what we're experiencing today. So a lot of the companies that I'm talking to and working with, they're a little, a little bit lost. How do you stay connected to your customers? How do you stay connected to your consumers in a way they've never had to connect before? And honestly, what do you say? <laughs> what do you say in a way that connects with people and doesn't, it's not the wrong thing to say, it's, it's the right thing, but it's a, and I always say to them, look, here's the thing. During a time of crisis, if you want to build long-term sustainable relationships with your customers, with your clients, whether you're a solopreneur or whether you're running a, you know, $50 billion business, be there for them during a time of need. Hmm. Be there for them. They need to know you care. 
And so, you know, on a small, you said a lot of entrepreneurs online is fantastic. Pick up the phone and call your very best clients, even if they were five years ago. Call them. Tell them, don't ask for business. You're not there for business. Just to say, how are you doing? Just yesterday, I sent a note to, I got a pop-up on my Facebook that said seven years ago, I was working with a particular customer uh, on a branding assignment. And I hadn't heard from him for a while. It's all finished now and everything's well. I sent him a quick note and said, you know, I've been thinking about you and I just want to make sure you're okay. Are you okay? How are you doing? And that's what I'm talking about. Just be human because that's what people want, whether it's for a large company or a small company. People just want to be heard and they want to know that you care. And not now more than ever. It's a great I time love to that build it, a it, it, um, It's such a simple action that I think that most companies who are in distress mode right now are probably thinking more about how do I get my next customer instead of thinking, well, what about all those old customers that I forgot about? It's easier to call them, I'm assuming. Now, um, tell me, yeah. how is that connected to branding? Because I gonna get it, but maybe there's a lot of depth in it that I don't get. And I'm, maybe everyone who's listening are like, well, that's customer service and sales. Where is that connected to the importance of branding right now? Well, I think you have to come back to what is a brand? Like what is your, I call brand positioning. What is your positioning in the marketplace? And the way I like to define it is based on how big corporations brand. Every brand you know. Every, what's your favorite brand? Like big corporate brand. Just call one out. Whole Foods. There you go. Whole Foods, I guarantee you, have six elements that go into defining their brand. Every brand in the world has these same six elements. And how well those six elements are managed makes the difference between success and failure. Okay. Now, here's what's interesting. Um, what I call that six elements combined is the way you want customers, clients, consumers to perceive, think, and feel about you in relation to other brands. So perceive, think, and feel. All three of those are absolute foundational. You know, perception and branding is reality. Mm. <laughs> we know that. How, how your brand is perceived is what your brand is, whether you like it or not. But we also think and we also feel about brands. It's not just up here. We, we have a connection with brands. You've probably had a brand you've used for years and years and years, and you wouldn't think of using another one. That's what I'm talking about. So perceptions, thoughts, and feelings are foundational. Now, when it comes to right now, why does it matter? Because you're making perceptions. You're making people think about your brand. You're making people feel about your brand. And what are they thinking, feeling, and perceiving about your brand? And I tell you what, when you reach out and you send notes to your customers, your consumers, you let them know you care, they will remember that. And that is part of building your brand. Nice, I love that. You put it in a very, very simple way. Now, Brenda, I know that a part of your career, you've not just worked with companies, you've worked with a lot of leaders, like big key people in leadership position. Give us the, 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 the simple language into, if we got entrepreneurs listening to us, but maybe they own you know, a mid-sized company, 10, $15 million, for example, and they're thinking, well, I don't have time to think about myself, I'm thinking about the business. Um, where is that balance between that personal branding for the leader, the owner of the company, where it's not a CEO of a corporation, but he's the owner to the branding of the actual company itself. Right. I call it the Richard Branson effect, right? Because, you know, you think of Richard Branson, you think of Virgin, you think of the brands going interchangeably. It's the same. I call it the making the company brand, personal brand connection. Hmm. The company brand, personal brand connection. As a leader, you are building a brand. 
is your brand connected to the brand of the company? Is there a, the way you want to be perceived, thought about and felt about, is it similar or different than the company brand? You know, are you aligned to those values? Are you aligned to those brand principles? How closely linked are they? And that's really important for entrepreneurs. It's foundational. How, how linked are you? So many of us have our, you know, the small brand, small business brands. When you think about you, okay, for example, and your company brand that you're building, I suspect they're very intricately linked. So I try. Not yeah, easy. <laughs> we can ask. No, but the point is linking your brand with your company brand is really foundational, especially in the entrepreneurship space. So when, when you know, if we take myself as an example, but, you know, a lot of my friends who think about it this way, are there, let's start with the, the most interesting, are there specific big no-nos that we should be, be mindful of when, you know, developing our brand as opposed to the company brand? Now I'm thinking about myself, I'm thinking, well, there are specific values that are very important to me that I'm always trying to really communicate that as a company, we have inside of the company and outside of the company. But there is some things, for example, of maybe how we deal with refunds and how we deal someone with customer service, where the way I would deal with it yeah. has been challenging to get my team to do the same with our customers. So where, so is, that, yeah. where is that balance of like, this is yeah. the minimum that you should do maybe, and this is be careful, this mm -hmm. is where people make mistakes maybe. Give us some of your golden nuggets. Yeah, so, so here's the way I would love to do this. Let's make it an exercise, fun for everybody online. So I'm gonna do what I call the five words exercise, five words exercise. And what that is, is the way you would want others to perceive, think, and feel about you in five adjectives, so five descriptive words. Gil Peterson is, and then you, I don't know, outgoing, smart, funny, talent, whatever, whatever those five words are, approachable, engaging, whatever those five words are, you really need to give some thought to that because that's part of defining your brand. It's just a simple way to define it. So those hey, this five, is personal have, brand. This is myself. I like the, the, to do this for personal brands. Yes. Yeah, so the five words exercise, how do you want to be perceived, thought of, felt about in five words? Let's say you're leaving a big meeting. I, I or, would say uh -huh. first, first word, which was given to me by our common friend, Frederick Heron. Yeah. He did a really cool uh, human, the human essence test with me. And he said, the first one is resourceful. Um, mm. And that has been a big part of my life for a while. Uh, something that many people tell me very often, I'm quite kind. Um, so I like kindness. If that's a possibility okay. to have that up there, that's really good. Um, creative is something I kind of quite am often. Can strategic be there? Sure. Because I do, I'm quite, you know, Big mindful picture. and strategic when it comes to, mm -hmm. you know, thinking. And um, another one, another one, another one is, um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to kind of, it's this balance between ego jumping out and Gil, be mindful of how you would brand yourself. No, yeah. be honest, be authentic. This is yeah, no, these so five words, yeah. But you know, one, one thing for me that pops out for you, Gil, is you're a networker. You're a master yeah. networker. So I suspect that means you're approachable or perhaps even the word networked. That mm. could be a description. So one yeah, of those. Cool. Just, yeah, I like that. Play with that. Right? Let's play with that. So out of those, resourceful, kind, creative, strategic, approachable. 
Let's just choose one right now for this exercise that's most critical to you. What would you say? Resourceful, for sure. All right, resourceful. So here's what you do. That becomes your North Star. You get up in the morning, it's the first word you think of. You go throughout your day, it's the word you think of. But here's the test. We communicate our brands personally in five ways, five things we all do every single day. And I'll share with those right now. We're going to talk about how to use resourceful. So it's the way you act. It's the way you react. Very important. True brands come out by how we react, not by how we act. <laughs> Number three, um, act, react, look. The way you look. The way you sound, what you say and how you say it. And then also the last one, how you think. So here's the question. Are you acting resourceful? Are you reacting in a resourceful way? Are you looking, sounding, thinking resourcefully? And that's how you do it, because those five, it's simple, it's that simple, I like simplicity. The way you act, react, look, sound, and think, those five. And if mm -hmm. you keep that resourceful in your mind, I love the one approachable, because a lot of CEOs I work with, they have this challenge. I'm afraid I'm not coming across approachable. And just that simple exercise of, okay, right now, the way I'm interacting, am I interacting approachably? The, what I'm saying, is that approachable? Mm. How I'm thinking, is that approachable? It's so simple. But this is how you start to build your brand. Because the truth is, how are brands built? One word, consistency, 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 right? I love the five exercises. Can you just, you, the way, so if I'm thinking resourceful, I need to be thinking, do I sound this way? Am I, repeat those again for me. So act. Are you acting? And what is actions? Those are visibly observed behaviors. Yep. So visibly observed behaviors, because there's lots of different actions, but things that we can see, those are the actions. Reactions, how do you react? Uh, if you're truly being resourceful and a, a, a crisis happens, do you bemoan, do you complain, do you fall into a place of fear? That's not resourceful, hmm. right? If you're gonna be resourceful, how are you gonna respond in a way that's truly resourceful? You're going to gather up all your ideas. You're going to pull out, to reach out to people who might be able to help you. You're going to think about all the existing resources you already have. You're going to be resourceful. So act, react, look. Do you look resourceful? Now, that's kind of an unusual word for look. But if you think about, you know, first impressions, we all know that, right? They're made in the first three to seven seconds of meeting someone. It's three to seven seconds. So do, how do you come across? Do you come across, you mentioned approachable, for example. Are you coming across approachable in that first three to seven seconds? So that's the way you look that way. And then sound, do you, it's not just what you say, but how you say it, how you say it, it's extremely important. And then lastly, thinking. And of course, this really is the foundation of it all because those four, act, react, look, and sound are all based on how you think because what you think is what you get, right? Mm. I, I love this. This is such a, a simple, uh, exercise that is extremely useful as you were sharing my mind is like oh my god I'm not doing it properly I'm not like wow I was thinking like I don't act resourceful sometimes and I need to understand what does it mean to look resourceful because sometimes we might look upset we might look like troubled or it's very interesting like you it puts us in a very uh, self-observing also position that we can constantly improve ourselves so I guess that Something that every entrepreneur could be doing these days is this is an easy way to personally develop themselves to think, mm, where can I improve my brand? So when, yeah. when looking at 
branding, would you say that there is a, a priority between the personal branding of a leader compared to the corporate? Should one lead the other more? I think they just need to link. If you have a real, there's got to be some link there. If you have a total disconnect, I'm working with a client right now who came into a new culture, into a new company, and his culture is very different. And what he's used to is very different than the culture of this organization. So how do you make that link? And you got to find that way to say, what are the common values that we have between the company and myself? Where could we find a link? May not be a perfect fit, but where could we find a link? And obviously, ultimately, you want to try to get together with all of that. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at personal branding, for example, because I'd like to make it as practical as possible for our friends. If we're looking at a personal branding for the leaders out there, what are those three key steps that people must do today during our COVID time? You know, in the summer of 2020, if you want to stay afloat, you want to keep your head above water because a lot of companies we know are going to go through a lot more challenges. What are those three kind of must to do this week in order for them to stay strong? Personal well, branding. Well, I think, look, we're all different. We're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. So it's really hard for us, me to say what's right for each person. Everyone has to look inside. But the one thing I would say, I love this exercise of fast forwarding to COVID's done. It's done. It's over with. And we're looking back on this time. Mm. And, and we're, we're reflecting and we're going, wow, do you remember that? Do you remember what that was like? And your family's there, your friends, maybe your fellow colleagues from work, your boss is sitting around. And they're thinking about how you acted during this time. How, what kind of brand you embodied during this period of time. How, how you react in crisis is really telling. And so the question is, how are you acting, reacting, look, sound, think right now? And would this be the brand you would want people to remember you for five years from now when they're looking back on, on this time? So you're building a brand in every interaction, 365 days a year, 24-7, you are building a brand. And so how do you want people to see you right now and perceive you right now? Do you want to be that that's, calm? It's a very powerful exercise. Um, I, I like it as you're speaking, kind of my mind is going to like, wow, if I had to like really put myself a year down the line, for example, and think about, are we taking the right steps right now? Potentially, yeah. you know, making people feel more calm or telling people that we got their back and maybe we're not doing that enough. Uh, it's quite, it, it's a simple, I like that your exercise are very simple, it's very straightforward, but really profound if, you know, if we write down the answers. And so if yeah. people write down the answers, how, how would they know what to do then? You know, what, um, where do they start? Where do you start if you want to now develop your personal brand? Except for, of course, yeah. reading your top two books. <laughs> pick, pick. Pick the one thing you want to stand for the most. That's most important. You know, most of us don't even do that. So at least start with those five words and then pick the one that means the most for you today. Today. Just start with small steps today. That's foundational. Because what you're really doing is the first step of building a strong brand. And there's three key steps. The first one is you've got to define it. And that five words exercise is kind of an easy way to, to get around defining it. There's more complex ways to do it if you want to go into some more depth around a business brand or a deeper leadership brand. But for now, let's just use those five words and assume that's your definition. That's your brand definition. 
So define it. That's the first thing. Second thing, as we said, communicate it every single day, consistently, consistently, consistently. If you think about, um, I always use this brand, although to be honest, I don't use it that much, but it's McDonald's. If you go to a McDonald's in South Africa, you go to McDonald's in Russia, you go to a South uh, McDonald's in China, you're going to see pretty much the same thing. Yeah, the food menus change here and there, but the truth is it's consistent, 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 and that's how you build a brand. So define your brand, communicate it with those five activities every single day. And then the third one is how do you avoid damaging it? How do you avoid damaging it? And that's where the consistency comes in as well. You've got to be really consistent. And, but here's the other thing. Let's say you really mess up. Let's just say, oh man, that was so not approachable. I really didn't come through the way that I wanted to come through. The key thing I say, don't beat yourself up. Because if you beat yourself up, you're just going to go into a place of fear and you're not going to be able to think correctly and you won't act correctly and all of it goes askew. Just forgive yourself. Talk to others about what I did, say I really didn't intend to do that, and then move on. Because we often spend all of our time anchored to the past of mistakes that we've made, and we keep reliving it by bringing it into the, into the present, and that becomes our future. So, so define it, communicate it, avoid damaging it. Let's keep it simple. It, the, the, the latter is a, is a scary one these days, I guess, to avoid damaging it. Um, do you currently and, and your job is you know as a super consultant that probably now supports clients to not damage their brands do you see currently leaders making some very obvious what they're obvious to you maybe mistakes that maybe you could share with us so that we should be avoiding doing these simple things that could be avoidable so here here's an example just yesterday, I was speaking with a global leader from, from Europe. Challenging situation in that he has to lay someone off. He has to fire somebody. Mm. So tough times to be fired. This is not just a natural downsizing. This is for underperformance. This is for issues that are beyond his control. And, and there's some health things going on too. So it's all quite complicated. I won't give them lots of detail. What I shared with him and what I would share with the group here today is the following. It's called Communicate with the Stockdale Paradox. I don't know if you're familiar with that paradox. Let me share. James Stockdale was a prisoner of war during the Vietnam War. And he was a prisoner of war for seven straight years. And during those seven years, he was beat up, he was tortured, he was just treated horribly. But he was kind of a, an officer, so he was a little bit like the de facto leader of the Americans who were held prisoner in this, in this camp. And he, after it was all over, he shared some interesting foresight. He said, insight, he said, the people who died first were the perennial, the continual pessimists. They were the ones who said, oh, you know, we're never going to make it out. It's no, not worth it. There's no reason to live. They died. The next group that would die would be the perennial optimists. We're going to be out by the end of the year. We're going to be out by summertime. We're going to be out by Christmas, whatever. He said they, they were the ones that died next because when they got to those milestones and they hadn't reached the achievement of getting out, well, then they had to, to they died. They just moved on. So he said the people who lived the longest were the ones who did a juxtaposition of paradox. 
They embrace the brutal honesty of the situation and they were honest about it and they talked about it, but they offset that with the narrative of hope. Mm. So give you an example with COVID. So let's say then what's the brutal honesty about COVID? We've never been in through anything this like this in our modern world. We don't know what's coming next. We don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know what the implications are economically, governments, political. We don't know. That's the brutal truth. But the narrative of hope, humans have been overcoming this for millennia. This kind of thing has happened before. We'll survive. Mm. We'll be fine. This too to shall pass. This too shall pass. And that's what I mean by this combination of this, of this brutal honesty with this narrative of hope. And that's the combination of called the Stockdale Paradox. It became named after him. And so when I talked to this leader you know, yesterday, he said, we talked about this. How do you say to this individual the brutal truth while also honoring him and also having a narrative of hope? And that's the kind of, of thing I would say is really powerful right now. We're so afraid to say, yeah, I don't want to paint, I don't want to put, you know, sprinkle stardust on this and make it all seem like it's all happy. It's not. It's not, it's not a great time in history of human beings, but we'll get through this. And we have to be honest and authentic about it. We can't lie to people and say, it's all going to be okay. You know, I have mm -hmm. lots of leaders right now who are dealing with my financial issues. Financial issues, meaning, <laughs> meaning maybe you have to lay people off or people are coming to them and saying, well, I get my promotion. Mm. Am I going to make money? Am I going to make, will I have enough money to, 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 to support my family? Mm. And I'm asking them to use this Stockdale paradox. Be honest, be, be honest. The truth is we don't know. Mm. But I tell you what, as soon as I do know, you will be one of the first to hear it from me. I love that. So it's basically, you've just reversed my question. So I was asking the mistakes that people are making and you're basically telling us that the mistakes are when they're trying to be over inspirational and say, oh, it's all going to be finished in one month and everything is going to be okay. Or if they're like, you know, <laughs> the worst, on it, we're all going to die. Uh, so well, I, yeah, I tend to focus on, 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 the, on the joy of possibility, I call it, um, mm -hmm. versus fear-based. I don't want to go into the fear-based. The truth is, there's enough fear around. We're doing really well on fear right now, which <laughs> now it's time to look at the joy of what I call the joy of possibility. What could be, what could come from this, you know? And I guess by doing that, you know, this sort of training that you, you and support and consulting that you offer to these leaders in different companies around the world, one, this helps them not just keep their company strong, but they will end up building up their brand to be stronger when we come out of the situation. So An authentic what, brand. Mm -hmm. yeah, what would you say are those key benefits that leaders visually see? Like these are the results they'll get by, by learning how to build a stronger personal brand as a leader. You know what we could do this, I'll bet in the chat room, because the truth is if we really sat and thought about it, what are the benefits of having a strong leadership brand? you'd get dozens of answers. I mean, think about it. What are the benefits of having a strong brand? People are loyal to, they will follow you. You are more authentic. You feel better about it yourself. It's more inspirational. It, it makes you feel a, 
more joy. It's, I mean, it goes on and on and on. A lot of people say, oh, that personal branding, that's so warm and fuzzy and kind of nebulous and right. And I say, oh my goodness, there's, it's so hardcore. It is so foundational. And the truth is, Gil, we all have one. Every one of us has a brand because people are perceiving, thinking, and feeling right now. So every one of us already has a brand. The question is, do you have the brand you want? And then when times of leader, leaders and times of challenge like this, are they really communicating the brand they want? Because let's be honest, we get in that place of, you know, we're stressed. We're in a fair place. And guess what happens with leaders when they fall into that space, right? they start to react or maybe they revert to some really negative behaviors because they're really worried and they don't even realize they're doing it. So it's being self-aware, really watching yourself and recognizing that I am building a brand every single minute. Am I building the brand that I want at this time? Hmm. That's yeah. powerful. I love this. I'm feeling like I'm getting a personal coaching session from <laughs> an awesome brand guru this is this is intimidating i'm thinking like oh my god i got a lot of homework tonight okay i got a lot of work to do so okay for me, yeah this is, please don't beat yourself up yeah well <laughs> this is kind of what my next question would be because i you know i'm thinking like you know as a coach myself who works with a lot of leaders as entrepreneur leaders we do beat ourselves up and we do like oh i gotta make this better and this better and this better better and if we look at, you know, now practical activities where personal branding would help us, I guess, would really help us with recruitment. If we need to get really quality people, it would help us. Uh, I guess for entrepreneurs, it's really going to help them with attracting investments. Yeah. Um, I've seen that personal branding has helped me to attract mentors to myself, to support me, to grow. Um, and, and of course, I think one of the most important thing is currently this branding of this leader could help them in simple business development, just to Absolutely. really stabilize or grow the business. Mm -hmm. If somebody wanted to use some tools out there, what kind of tools do you suggest people to use, maybe social media or other tools, in order to maybe to audit their brand or take steps to develop their brands? What sort of tools do you suggest people to look into? Look, I'm again, lots of stuff in my books, but I'm not here to talk about that. Let's do this. Let's keep it really simple again. I'm going to go back to those five words. This is the really simple and fun exercise to do. You grab someone who knows you well. Maybe it's a direct report, a spouse, a colleague, whatever. And you give them the name of five to ten people that you work with or that you engage with regularly or that you know really well. And you give them the phone numbers, emails, whatever. And you say to this Let's say it's your spouse that's going to do this for you. And they contact uh, the person, these five to 10 people, and they say, hey, look, I'm going to ask you one question and one question only. And it's, about, by the way, you, Gil, you would actually tell these five to 10 people, hey, this is coming. Please be open and honest. Be as confidential. This will be kept completely confidential. Okay? That's really important. So maybe you wouldn't have your spouse do it. I'm not sure. Because, <laughs> you know. We, we tell things to ourselves, but um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But someone, maybe an objective third party, whatever, ask them to contact those five to 10 people. Usually by phone is best um, as a void to writing, but if you need to write, you can. And you ask one simple question. When I say Gil Peterson, 
the name Gail Peterson, when you think of Gail, what are the first five words that come to mind? Hmm. That's so cool and scary. Like I'm getting almost <laughs> shivers in my body thinking like, oh my God, what are people going to say? I'm like a little kid excited now. Uh, wow. She said, your, your partner, whoever's going to do that with all five to 10. So by the time you're done, you're going to have 25 to 50 words of how people describe you. Now, by the way, one quick thing. If they always say positive, let's say that all, they, of course, they only say positive things about Gil, right? It's wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. At the end of the five, there's another question. If they haven't said one thing that's productive and like constructive criticism, it's important to say, hey, those are five really positive words. That's great. If you could choose one thing that Guild could do a, a bit better or differently or improve upon, what would that one thing be? And they add that sixth word then to the to the, to the language. Now, you've been given a gift. Without any names associated, you have 25 to 50 words. Those 25 to 50 words, now it's your time to start grouping. Mm. What kind of groupings do you see in that 25 to 50 words? And, and then uh, looking at that, which one comes up most? I just did one last week uh, with the CEO out of Malaysia and it was um, uh, the number one word that came through was approachable or friendly, some form of approachable friendly. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that's fantastic. What you want to hear in a CEO. Right. And then there are other words that came through that are things obviously you want to focus on, but this is what I'm talking about. By the time you get done grouping them, you go, wow. Okay. Interesting. So this is my brand. Now you pause and you say, wait a minute. Remember those five words I defined myself, what I want to stand for, how similar or different are they? from the top five words that came through from others. And if they're similar, fantastic. If they're different, that may be where you choose to focus right now. What do you want? Keep the ones you like, keep the ones that are consistent that you like, but then what are the two or three that you say, you know what, I, that's a really good point. I wanna work on that. Hmm. Wow, so I, I love it. So if, if I'm just thinking in my head right now, I get these words, some are positive, some are negative. I could start working on them. So I guess, first of all, in order to work on them, you'd even need to find a coach, someone to actually help you understand what steps they could take. I'm going to highly recommend everyone who's listening to just go to Brenda's website. We'll make sure to share that in the, in, in the chats and just check out her books. I know the good thing is thank you, Brenda, for having them in eBooks as well, because yeah. Getting sometimes books shipped around the world is, is a headache, but your books are, are awesome. I don't remember if I saw it. Do you have your books in audiobook as well? Yes. 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 That's like super for some people who are dyslexic like, like me. We like audiobooks. Flipping through books sometimes it's not so easy. Yeah, um, yeah. But except for looking at a book, for example, are there, for example, would you recommend people if they want to become more, you know, develop their brand? Would starting to be more active on like LinkedIn, maybe in some groups or posting content, are there specific activities like that that you have seen that are simple and that really helps people's brands develop in a very, very simple, inexpensive way? So obviously social media is always an option, but the most important question I ask to people, because people will come to me and say, do I need to build my brand on social media? And the number one question I ask is, well, who is your audience for your brand? Hmm. who's your audience for your brand? Who, 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 care, who do you care the most about knowing your brand or being aware of your brand? 
uh, you mentioned speaker community and I love our speaker community. Isn't it awesome? It's fantastic speaker community. Love it. The truth is though, my speak speakers are not my audience. So I'm less worried about whether they understand what I stand for to be perfect enough. If I invest my time and energy somewhere, it's not going to be with speakers, for example. As much as I love spending time with them, they're friends, they're not necessarily my audience for my brand. I call it the audience for your brand, your target for your brand. So you have to think about where, who is the target for my brand and where are they? You know, I have lots of people say, oh my gosh, I must do Insta, I must do Twitter, I must do LinkedIn, I must do Facebook Pro, I must do Facebook first of all. My answer to you is, do you? I mean, it depends, right? It depends on, on who, you're, who do you really wanna connect with? Who do you really want to connect with? And where are they online? Where will, where will they find you online? Where will they most frequently be? So I think that's really key. I love that. It, it, um, I think that I know that from my personal experience, some of my clients that I've worked with, uh, sometimes going deep into understanding the avatar is a very, very long journey. Uh, it takes a while sometimes to understand exactly who's my best you know, avatar that target audience, sometimes there's two or three of them. And what I've done, which could be maybe be a mistake in, in past when I until I figured it out, I try to add value to a lot of people out there. And then I start to analyze who's actually making notes, who's following me more, who's, who's interacting back, you know, who's who's answering my questions. That's been my learning curve when it came to finding out that that, you know, that avatar that works with us. Brenda, because we have a little bit of time left, I'm curious, is there that one question that you get asked the most that is actually that question that I should have asked you first? <laughs> oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of people say to me, well, two, I have two, it's a tie. Um, the first one is, uh, what's, do I need a brand? Like, do I really need a brand? And my answer to that is, what's it for? That's a really important question. What's your brand for? Is it so that you can become famous and you know, everyone pays attention to you and you get you know, whatever sponsorship deals? Or are you wanna build a brand because you have a sense of insecurity inside and at least I can try to be somebody. If people recognize me, they see me as someone, then I'm something. Or, you know, what's it for? And I always say, is it based on fear? Is it based on, on fearful thoughts? Like, I'm not worthy, am I good enough? Or is it based on potentiality, and positivity, and, and possibility? What, what am I building this brand for? Why do I need a brand? What's, what's, what's this all about? Because once you're clear on that, actually the rest comes pretty easily, to be honest. It, it's really being clear on what's that about. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing that a lot of people say to me is, oh, building a brand, that's so inauthentic. It's so fake. And here's what's interesting about that. I have to tell you, one of the biggest myths about personal branding is it's all about me. Mm. Your brand is not about you. It's not even close. Because remember I said, it's how you want people to perceive, think, and feel about you. Well, guess what? Your brand exists in the minds of those people. Mm. So the most important element of your brand isn't you as much as it is them. Because they're the ones that have the brand in their mind. So it's very 
others focus to build a strong personal brand. And that seems really odd to a lot of people. What? You're kidding. It sounds like it's all about me, but it's not. It's actually about others. And when you take an others-centric approach to building your brand, you know, you want to be resourceful. You're going to help other people. You're going to be resourceful to them. You will build a strong brand because it's about what they need, not necessarily what, what it's, it's not about you. Yeah. And looking at this, it, looking at CEOs in the face and telling them it's not about you um, is quite a journey because, you know, they're at the head of 50,000 people. <laughs> It, it, it's really, I, so Frida, I love talking to you because you turn things around into a very simple way because you just said something that I've never heard before, but just something as simple as personal branding, where it's, it's actually not about me, it's about them. Uh, and it really is, it, when you say it, it's actually simple and it makes sense, perception, how they perceive you, that's personal branding. Because I've heard this from so many clients who are like, no, I don't want to be on Instagram. I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't want to show my brand. It's, it's too much ego. But it's actually not if you come from a good place, if you come from serving people. And for me, one of my biggest, I think you know one of my biggest passions, why I love networking with people is because I find that if I have a strong network, it's easier for me to serve new people that I meet, connect them with someone else. Hey, I have a solution for you. Hey, that guy has just done what you're trying to do, talk to him. And this is where masterminds have come in. And I know you've also had some experience with masterminds, how a mastermind group is, is usually people who can, help co-elevate each other. They help raise each other's brands, serve each other, mentor each other. What, what's your perception of, 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 of masterminds and how can leaders potentially explore joining the masterminds if you could share any yeah. insight on that? Oh, masterminds are amazing. My husband and I have been a part of a mastermind since, I would say, gosh, it may be coming up on 10 years, eight, 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 10 years, something like that. Same mastermind group for some people in the US. I, I think masterminds are invaluable. First of all, as you said, what's the intention? We're here to help each other. We're not here to judge. We're here to help each other. And that alone is powerful. Uh, so it's really about helping. And it doesn't cost you anything, just the time and the energy of connecting. So, you know, in terms of finding the right people, got to make sure you do connect with the right people, though. That's really key. And it is worth paying if you do get the right people. That's for sure. But the key is, really making sure you got the right people who are going to serve you and challenge you. You don't want people who are just going to say, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. No, you want people who are going to really challenge you and think differently. You want people who think differently from who you are. So I really think masterminds are fantastic. I do. I've had a lot of positive experience with that. It has definitely helped to elevate our brand, but the key thing is you have to get the right people. Right. I've, I, I found, in, and I, I am happy you mentioned that sometimes uh, paying into it, it makes it a lot more valuable because I know there's yeah. a lot of masterminds in the world that are for free, but I find mm -hmm. that people are not as committed. They don't show up on time always. They sometimes show up late. They, um, but I find that when people pay into a mastermind, a couple of things I see is one, more commitment, and two, I see a higher quality and better diversity of people. Mm -hmm. Not saying that a free mastermind does not have a good quality of people, but you know, yeah. not all free things in life actually have great value. A hug is amazing. You know, I love that. A good hug. Um, well, it but, has to come to do with expectations too. When you walk in knowing you, the expectations are, I'm going to get a higher level of support through this mastermind. You will get a higher level of support. You know, that's the nice thing. You will actually get that. We actually spend some time to flying to places to meet our mastermind group. 
because sometimes you do want, well, in the pre-COVID time, but uh, sometimes you do want to be able to sit across from each other face to face and have, roll up your sleeves and pull up the flip charts and have those great conversations. But just getting someone to look at your business from a different perspective than you can see it is priceless. It's priceless. Today we are finding, especially during COVID times, that masterminds have supported a lot of people to get the answers they need, just, you know, make, get some insights as to what the next steps are. You know, today we've spoken a lot about some of the mistakes that leaders make uh, when it comes to challenging times. And I loved how you put it that a, a challenging time like COVID, for example, could really help someone shine as a leader. They could help them, their personal life shine because they'll make the right decision and they'll have that that, that authentic message that is aligned between their personal brand, which is something I got to go much deeper into and aligned with their company brand. And we, you know, one of our projects is mastermind space that we're very, very excited about. And we're very excited to see that masterminds could be given to everyone. Um, is, is there something that if, if we were to set up a mastermind, for example, around someone like yourself, which is, you know, one of my team's dream, what sort of people would you like to see in your mastermind? If we were run like, you know, two, three day mastermind, what sort of people do you want to see around that you know you can add value to them, but you know they can add value to you as well? Well, I think what happens is it bring people with different mindsets and different experiences. So I'm a branding marketing expert. I'm a leadership expert. I'm a coach. I don't really need other branding marketing and experts and leadership coaches. I don't need that. What I do need would be someone who is maybe an expert in, I don't know, uh, scaling the business, or maybe there's an expert who is um, great at uh, digital autom automation, or maybe there's, a, so you have to think about who would be the people that would truly serve me and who could bring a completely different perspective and a wildly different experience set so that together we make a better mastermind group than if we were individually uh, mm. running our businesses. That's good. Well, I, I, I hope my team is listening very, very carefully because I know they have a wish to put together an incredible group of people that we believe would be able to add a lot of value to you. And we have a beautiful people within the mastermind space community. So I look forward to having you there. One of the final questions I always like to end my, my interviews with, with, with beautiful people like yourselves, if us and our community and everyone we know could serve you in the coming short future, what could we do for you? Wow. So I'm a coach. I'm used to giving, not taking. I have to think I about know. it. I know. I know. Please I'm used to giving, not taking. Oh, um, oh dear. I'm terrible at this. I'm not sure. I love it. I'm, I'm not sure. I really am not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think like that. Let's see. Uh, um, you know, look, um, oh, if you liked what I shared today um, around coaching, leadership, branding, um, tell someone. There you go. That's very, very beautiful. Because here's the truth. Word of mouth is the number one way for small businesses to grow. And that's foundational. Uh, word of mouth is foundational because when you hear it from someone else, you're, I think they're 10 times more likely to believe it. That if it's like a third party external person who says it, you know, if a mother says, oh, my daughter, isn't she beautiful? Isn't she fabulous? You're like, yeah, yeah, all mothers say that. But if someone who's a distant cousin says, wow, out of all of our cousins, that is really a beautiful girl. 
you see what I'm saying? That's it's more it's more objective. So that's it. So I, I love how beautiful and humble Brenda is, but I'm gonna add to that, Brenda, if you don't mind. So everyone who's listening in all of our networks, a few things that I think is important. I know that Brenda is doing beautiful things for very big companies in the world, but if you want to take Brenda's content and work with Brenda to bring it into the entrepreneurial community, mm -hmm. to really bring it into those people who need it more than ever before. The corporations, yeah, they'll be okay. It's us entrepreneurs who need this content so much, Brenda. Number two, I know that we have people from different corners in the world who speak a lot of different languages. Brenda, how many languages your book currently translated in? <laughs> Oh, they're translated into, I don't know how many languages, but it's many different countries around the world. And, All right, yeah. beautiful. We're, we, we believe that it should be translated into more languages. So if you're somewhere out there in the world and you love today and you believe that your community should get it, easy steps, start with one ebook in a different language, talk to Brenna and her team and let's get it out there because what we've uh, shared today is simple, you know, the, the elements and the, the sound act and react and look and think, this is... Simple, but it's golden nuggets that are very, very important. And lastly, I would say, if you love listening to Brenda today and you want to work with her personally, we'll make sure to put Brenda's website on the bottom. If you want to reach her to her directly, you can also reach out to us in our community. We'll make sure to connect you directly with Brenda's team if uh, you see yourselves collaborating with her and if you want to use Brenda for your company in any way. Brenda, I really, really enjoyed the day. Uh, it's been a powerful session. Um, I, I love that I was able to be coached uh, and we were able to add value to so many people around the world. For everyone who's listening to us live or listening to us later on, thank you for joining the Collective Genius Code. It is a fabulous channel where we try to add value to people all over the world, especially entrepreneurs who are currently going through big changes. Mm -hmm. So. Brenda, thank you so, so much. Everyone who's on Zoom with us, please hold on and get your questions thank ready. You. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Gil.